powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. everyone, Tony Richards here, your executive coach and business coach, and I want to welcome you to today's program. Hope your day is going great, and today's program is brought to you by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Stand by for some teaching on execution coming up next on Better Than Before on the C-Suite Radio Network. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Better than before. Tony Richards here, and my special guest is my good friend Mindy McCubbin. She's the owner and founder of Truman Wealth Advisors, a boutique advisory firm located in Columbia, Missouri. The big passion that I have, how do we start that cycle as women for each other? Mm -hmm. How do we get women that are successful entrepreneurs that understand the investing? The thing that I felt that I could bring to the table that maybe was missing was that I was trained when I was an institutional investor and how did you start up investing? So the terminology, what is a term sheet? What's a liquidation preference? How do you value? What are the factors that go into it? I went through a whole training in New York city on how to think about and value companies and what's the best practices. And sometimes women, they're smart investors. They won't invest in something they don't know. They're not right. just going to throw their money around throw their capital around. And they especially won't invest if they don't understand the terms or they feel intimidated by the process or by the terms. So we've a group of us within Columbia said, we can do this in Columbia, Missouri. It doesn't yeah. just have to be in Chicago. It, there's many women throughout the country. And in fact, we connected with a group in Kansas City called Women's Capital Connection. There's a group that is in Silicon Valley that is all women that's called Portfolia that does this as well. There's a group called 37 Angels in New York City. So we connected with 
women across the country and said, how do you start one of these things? And what do you do? And what does that look like? So we actually used the time during the pandemic to organize ourselves, to get the group together, to file all the operating agreements and bylaws and do all the legal paperwork. We're launching to be open to members that are both entrepreneurs and potential investors. We also are taking more of a collaborative or collective approach to where we're trying to say, hey, we're really in this for people to be educated. So when we organized it, we actually organized it as a nonprofit that's focused on education. So how do we educate the entrepreneurs? How do we educate the investors to really understand this market, understand specifically angel investing? So that's the earliest, earliest capital that you get. Yeah. How do we differentiate too between what is a small business and what is a quote startup? A small business is, is a great cash flow business. They might get bank financing. They may be able to cash flow themselves, the bootstrap. A startup is a completely different animal. It typically is in maybe technology or healthcare, may need a lot of capital up front, but the acceleration and the ability for that company to make money very quickly looks much different than what it does for a small business. And so we wanted to help people understand what are the differences. And then when we have a company that really does look like a startup that's either in our geography or even one that is founded by a woman that is in Kansas City or St. Louis or anywhere throughout the country. Again, while we're networking with these other women, we're going to have access to deals throughout the country. How can we help women investors build their portfolio of these types of investments and do it smartly? My special guest will be Richard Newman, who's going to educate us on the subject of body talk in communications. Storytelling is something that I've noticed a lot of people are now aware of in business that this is something that is critical for them to use, but it is very rare to see anybody who is doing this well. So let's take a look back about why storytelling is so important. So let's think back many thousands of years before PowerPoint, before we had spreadsheets and documents that we'd give to people. As a tribe, we wanted to survive. And if we learned vital life lessons about how to avoid being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, and we wanted to pass that on to our children and our tribe and future generations, we had to do so in a way that was going to be captivating and highly memorable. It could be passed on from one person to the next. And so we developed a way of telling stories that would captivate people, give them an emotional engagement, give them all the logical information they would need and do so in a way that could be repeated again and again. And so you can take a look at the research on this, which was sort of large. I think the most important book to look at is really Joseph Campbell's work, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, where he looked at the way we've been telling stories for thousands of years through different civilizations that had no contact with each other. And he found that if you go back to the story of Gilgamesh, which is the earliest story we have any record of, it was chipped into stone tablets the amazing thing is that it has the same structure that was used thousands of years later by Shakespeare. It was also used by the ancient Greeks, but we didn't discover the story of Gilgamesh until after Shakespeare had died. And so what it tells us is there is a way that human beings love to receive information that they will be captivated by no matter their culture and their background. And so if you use that in business, then you can roll out a new project. You can transform the way your business operates, speak to your team describe your business to clients and win more business all by really understanding how this works now here's the challenge 
A lot of people think they're doing storytelling, but they're not. So when leaders talk about this, I heard this at a conference I went to a couple of years ago. The facilitator of the event said, we know that storytelling is important. And they had a panel there and they said, do all of you do storytelling? And they all said, yes, yes, we do. We do storytelling. And they said, well, how do you do it? And so one of them said, well, what I do is in a team meeting, I like to tell my team what I did over the weekend and just tell them a story. And that's not storytelling for business. That's just talking about your weekend. Somebody else said, well, here's what I do. I tell people about this and then this and then this and then therefore the conclusion. And again, that's not storytelling. That's just linear narrative. So people need to, first of all, put down what they think is storytelling because it really isn't. And we've got to be aware of the fact that storytelling is critically important. We need to run business based on data. We've got to have the fine analysis and insights. And those are the sorts of people that my team tend to work with is people who are really looking into the data and the complexity of how businesses run. But we also need to respect the human brain. Lots of people go into a meeting and they will bore their audience very quickly because they're just giving them logic, 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 and therefore conclusion. And that's not what the human brain wants. The brain wants to be engaged in three major areas, which is the survival brain, the emotional brain, and the logical brain. And we need to involve people and, and engage them in that order because that's the order that the human brain will respond to any given situation. And so this is not something that is wishy-washy, fluffy, or a fad. It has been there since the beginning of human beings trying to survive. And if people get this right, then you can transform your influence as a leader. You can win more business. You can inspire your team. But it's by engaging people from that point of view of emotion and logic at the same time. My special guest today is Tammy Collins. She's an intuitive, creative visionary who struggled for years to find her purpose. Despite many successes, she's always feeling like something was missing. And that was a feeling that there was more to her life and it was nagging her endlessly. And so she found a path to move out of the fear of suffering from imposter syndrome, scarcity mindset, and perfectionism issues into thriving and living her passion, which includes her most recent accomplishment of owning a mountain. Yes, I said a mountain. Think about branding like this. You get two presents handed to you. One of them is in a brown paper bag. The other one is handed to you. It's wrapped in the most decadent wrapping paper with all these bows and ribbons and a cruciamants and all these beautiful things. Which present are you going to pick? I'm going for the elegant one. Exactly. So even though the brown bag might have the best present inside, it's never even going to get looked at. And that is the power of branding. The problem with most branding is that true deep branding work is actually the answer to every marketing problem that there is. But no one wants to take the time to go through that process. They just want to skip from A and go right to Z with the sales. And then they can't figure out why their marketing never works. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to do true, deep branding work. This is how passions are uncovered. This is how you turn what you love into a business. And doing that, if you do it right, it literally builds, you need a brand strategy. What is that? That essentially means how are you going to position what you do in the industry that you're stepping into? You can't just open up the doors and never thought about what is the strategy. How are you going to leverage what's unique about you or what you offer? There's a whole grouping of things that need to be done in that brand strategy piece. Good, deep branding work 
also does an entire marketing strategy for you. It also does a social media strategy. If those pieces are in place, all the content worries and woes that everyone has about social media go away. The first thing when someone comes to me and says, I can't deal with the social media, I never know what to do, I never know what to say, that's a huge indicator to me that they have no idea what their brand is and they never did the branding work that needed to be put into place. Because you literally have a Bible about your business that will generate an endless flow of content ideas. I've heard you say before that you disrupt marketing. I think that leads us right into this part. What are you talking about when you talk about disrupting marketing? I've earned this sort of tagline about bee stings that I'm like, deliver these bee stings. If you think about it, a bee is essential to life. Without bees, we really can't have food and they're important. So in that sense, what I do is extremely important. But the problem is that my experience, because I've started so many businesses and had boots on the ground experience and been a marketing director and went back and did even more studying and psychology and global branding and digital ad sales on the back end with accounts that run hundreds of thousands of dollars in spending on their advertising, that gives me an extremely broad view of marketing. Most marketers are stuck in a tunnel or have silo vision about a particular part of marketing. So they're missing all of the other pieces. You can't really address marketing from a singular view. It's more of a holistic approach to it. My special guest today is Steve Shaparo. He's an organizational culture expert and communicator who speaks worldwide about how companies can transform their workplace culture through intentional co-creation and communication. Steve is a self-described frustrated visionary. To me, every idea exists in a window of opportunity, and that idea brings itself to fruition or it can be lost. Do frustrated visionaries think that window is closing all the time? Oh, yeah. I think that's absolutely how visionaries feel. They feel that there's a very small window and this needs to be done now. There's that imperative. There's that urgency. This needs to be done now. And I think in some cases there may be some truth to that. But I think in other cases, the reality is, is that idea the innovation, that vision will require some time to germinate. And so thinking of a vision almost as a seed that is going to take some time to grow and even come into its own time sometimes, because that's one thing that I've struggled with as a self-described frustrated visionary is that many times the frustration I have felt about timing is because I did want it to happen now. And at the end of the day, when I stepped out of this experience about this vision, I realized that it was not the right time, that it did need some time for people to adopt and adapt to, and maybe some of the circumstances needed to line up even better for it to be the right time for that. But yeah, visionaries feel like even though it's a vision of a seven-year thing, they're acting as if it's not a seven-year thing. It's an immediate thing that needs to happen. And I think that's where I've had to learn. And I help other visionaries really learn how do you sit with that messy middle between vision and fulfillment. And it's yeah. not just the fulfillment of the idea, but to have a sense of fulfillment, internal fulfillment, that there's this intrinsic value that I get from this experience. 
my special guest is John Robertson, and we're going to be talking about your organization and its cultural characteristics. Are you treating the root causes and are you not distracted by the symptoms? We're going to have a great conversation about corporate and organizational culture today. Two things I'm hearing and seeing a lot of. First, and it's a chicken and the egg, the symptomatic approach of treating when there are problems. So it's that whatever conflict in the workplace, it doesn't matter what turnover right now, it's called the big resignation. Mm -hmm. All the things that are going on are symptomology because when people are not in a healthy place, engaged, passionate, values, and appreciated, we can treat, well, okay, why isn't John doing his job and play? Do you remember that fair circus game called Whack-A-Mole? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And we can treat Whack-A-Mole. So number one, organizations tend to react and treat, aka play Whack-A-Mole. But the second thing is, what does healthy look like? What does engaged look like? It's not a program. Now, I'm not commenting about your journey, but most of the people I know have done schooling. Does that mean they grew and learned or got the check mark, aka got the program, but didn't get it? Right. Right. And so in organizations, they can implement a program, but it has a shelf life of about two to five years, and then they're treating more issues. My guest will be Matthew Cox, and he'll be joining us from the great state of California. And Matthew has overcome some very specific, unique challenges in his life. And we're going to talk about that and also how he helps other people overcome leadership challenges and other challenges in their business. Give me, in your best estimation, what are the like, three best tips that you think are applicable to entrepreneurs or executives or even leaders in your community? Have a purpose would be tip one is make sure your purpose is defined because a lot of times leaders were so visionaries and were so over the wall. I have a partner. He is my brother, by the way, but we have a joke. I'm Walt Disney. He's Roy Disney. That's so fun. he takes my purpose. So the tip would be, Get your purpose clear. And the number two is find a good integrator for you as a leader. If you're an entrepreneur like me, a visionary, you need somebody that can take it and materialize it and put it into to work. And number three is never think that you're too old to learn and never think that you know everything. I like it. Yeah, leadership is always evolving. Stand by. I've got five big quotes to help inspire the rest of your week coming up next here on Better Than Before. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. 
Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards, and these are five quotes that will help inspire you to have a great week this week. Number one, self-esteem is the reputation you have with yourself. You always know the truth about yourself. Naval Ravikant. Number two, quote, never let your head hang down. Never give up. Never sit down. Never grieve. Find another way. Satchel Page. Great baseball player. Number three, to dare is to lose one's footing immediately. Not to dare is to lose oneself. Soren Kierkegaard. Number four, if you're afraid to coach your best player, then you're not coaching anybody. John Calipari of the Kentucky Wildcats. And number five, players should want coaches to be hard on them. One way to tell a great player is how they react to being pushed. Steve Nash, former NBA player. Well, that's our show today. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4. You can come join our free Facebook page, Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach. All you have to do is push the like button and you're in. Special thanks as always to our producer, Tessa Hall. And until we visit again next week here on Better Than Before on the C-Suite Radio Network, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. For listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.